Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. I don't know what I was singing. I don't know what you were singing. Welcome back to the Swift Legacy Podcast. Today we're having a very serious conversation about a very serious song. Yes, about... we will not be laughing at all during this episode. It's extremely... When do we ever laugh during episodes? I feel like Never. they're all very serious. <laughs> we take our jobs very okay. seriously. We do. This like, is actually a volunteer is... role. We're doing unpaid charitable work. <laughs> We should apply for funding from the government. <laughs> so, Till Brad Pitt Comes Along is one of the Sony songs, and we only have it as an acoustic work type. It's not the best quality work type, would you agree? It's not the worst, but it's not amazing. But all no, acoustic work tapes are a bit. True. It, it's like, it's definitely not that bad. I would say the best acoustic work tape we have is Tell Me. Yeah, that's a good one. I actually prefer that work tape to the studio demo. So do I. I think I quite often, like when we have an acoustic version, a work tape version versus a studio version, I quite often prefer the work tape. They're just so much more authentic. Mm -hmm. I feel like we so overuse that word. I need to go look for another word. Synonyms for authentic. This song was written by Taylor Swift, obviously. Uh, along with Amy Mayo, who has written for Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney, Blake Shelton, Carrie Underwood, and Faith Hill, and also written with Chris Lindsay, who's written for Carrie Underwood, Kenny Chesney, Keith Urban, Tim McGraw, etc. Big names in the country songwriting industry. And it was written in early 2005, which would make Taylor 15 years old. Till Brad Pitt Comes Along was performed on the label, which was a mini documentary on Big Machine Records and its artists when it was just starting out. This is also where the I'm emotionally attached to the choker joke came from. If you see that in the fandom referenced on Tumblr, etc., and don't know where it came from, it came from the label. If you haven't watched it, it is. I know we're not big machine fans anymore but it's it's a very interesting watch especially obviously the parts about taylor yeah there's not a huge amount on like 10 minutes worth isn't it on yeah it's it's definitely not like a huge time investment you can find most of the taylor parts on youtube anyway so Mm -hmm. yeah they're all kind of cut together into one one video on youtube i believe so molly would you like to do the honors and give us the steve lowdown on this song I feel like this this always falls to me. You do such a good Steve impression. <laughs> Steve says, oh, the full version of this track. That's not what Steve would sound like at all. <laughs> okay, Steve says, in the full version of this track, Taylor shares a series of hilarious events which took place between her and a boy. The second verse is extremely funny and revolves around the horror movie Carrie. This is such an awesome, fun song to listen to. Awesome, fun song, Steve. We literally just have five minutes of every podcast episode bullying this bullying man, as Ooh. we should. Okay, so to be fair, this description It's not a bad one. It's not a bad one. It's relatively accurate. It doesn't paraphrase all the lyrics. <laughs> um, it doesn't really sum it up though, on the other hand. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Shares a series of hilarious events, but took place between her and a boy. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> I mean, I guess... Cut out the word hilarious, and is that not every Taylor song ever? (laughs) 
that's a fair point. I feel like one of the really important things about this song is it is based and rooted in comedy, which I feel is why it never made the actual album because it's just not serious. It's very yeah. much okay. If we have any country music fans listening, it's much more Brad Paisley, if that makes sense. And say on Maddie and Tay's first album, it's a lot more shut up and fish. It's like means it's more Brad Paisley nothing. than Brad Pitt. More Brad, Brad Paisley, Paisley than Brad Pitt. <laughs> you know what? That should be our tagline for this podcast. More Brad Paisley than Brad Pitt. That's yeah. so good. Thank you. Well, you came up with it. I did. I'm brilliant. This is essentially a Sony song. It was the first Sony song to leak to us. Uh, it's been in circulation for ages. So Sony songs, for people who don't know, are songs that Taylor wrote when she was signed to Sony and she had a, what was the deal called? It was just a songwriting deal, wasn't it? It was, there was a name for it. I can't development it deal. Thank you. Yep. A development deal. And so she wrote loads and loads of songs. Sony technically owned all of them. And when she left Sony, they owned the masters. That's why I basically. And it's very difficult to get hold of like Sony the songs. leaks. The leaks. Yeah. Nashville is also a Sony song for people who have been listening to us for a while and know our obsession with Nashville. Nash- Nashville is the one that we think we might be able to get hold of because we know that she performed it live before. So, but. And the- once again, we would like to say if any of you listening have any information on the song Nashville that she performed in 2006 at the Wild Horse Saloon, please do get in touch with us. This has been a public appeal from the Swift Legacy podcast. <laughs> okay. Hey, you sound like. Um- the people on the train, if you see something suspicious, that doesn't distract. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I was talking like I'd um, been missold PPI. No. Oh my God, I was on the train the other day. PPI. And they kept saying, bearing in mind, I got the train at 10 a.m. Every okay. fucking five minutes, they were like, guys, it's lunchtime. Go get your lunch from the, <laughs> the lunch trolley. And I was like, A, it's not lunchtime, and B, like, why do you keep telling what? me this lunchtime? Why do you keep telling me to go buy food? Like, this That's weird. At, like, I think it was going all the way to King's Cross, so it would have gotten in at like twenty past twelve, which, in my opinion, is not really lunchtime. Do we? Do we? Do you think that this song is fictional, or do we think it's a Drew song? I was going to say if it's if it's not fictional, it's a Drew song. I think. I feel like parts of it are almost too specific to not be fictional no I don't know I feel like parts of it are too specific to be fictional no that's what I meant sorry that's what I meant (laughs) they are so so specific yeah like like you don't just make that up like it's yeah I feel like it has to it has to be based in reality at the very least I think almost like a lot of her older songs it's taken reality and kind of twisted it and turned it into a full story rather than being a hundred percent non-fiction. Okay. So I feel like in the fandom, obviously the fandom as a whole don't like, we're not, they don't all listen to unreleased songs, but I feel like the majority of the people who do listen to unreleased songs are very split down the middle in terms of whether this song is cringeworthy or not. And I want to know your opinion. I think if you take it too seriously, then yes. But if you take it as it's meant to be funny, then no. It- I don't think it is. I think it's it's very, very country. But I think that 
there is a subgenre within country music that this definitely fits into without being cringy. Like the subgenre is funny songs like Kelsey Ballerini, Mother-in-Law, Shut Up and Fish, Maddie and Tay, Online, Brad Paisley, etc. There are funny songs that are written to be funny. But I I think that the fact that there is a subgenre for it cancels out any cringeworthiness. I kind of get that. I kind of feel like there are parts of it where I'm like, it's, it almost feels like it's, I just don't know how to explain it. It's, tell you what it is, it's the line, well, the line's plural, and you screamed and ran after it and tried to open the door and it ran over your foot and I was too busy laughing on the ground to see. I get so many words squished into one bit, it almost feels like it's trying to be funny just from, like, not even the lyrics, like the the pacing of it and the rhythm of it and the yeah the melody. No, I do see what you mean. I mean, I I love the second verse because it's just, well part of the second verse not the whole second verse but like do you remember the time we watched Carrie and you said it reminded you of me and I threw the remote at you and you said my point exactly like it's it's such that's my favorite part it's such an iconic like it's a scene it's a whole scene Amy Mayo recently did an interview I think did she write a book or did she she has recently written a book yes yes so she was doing an interview kind of about her book but just kind of talking in general about her experience as a songwriter and she said, and it doesn't mention till Brad Pitt, but we can guess. She said, I wrote with Taylor Swift a lot. She is an anomaly. We never wrote a hit together, but we did write one of the craziest songs I've ever been a part of. I think because we both kind of do the same thing, both obsessed with lyrics, we hit it up in other ways, decorating diaries. That was it. <laughs> but like, I feel like yeah. this is the craziest song she's ever written. Like, it's just. If this isn't the craziest song they wrote together, I would love to see the one that is. Absolutely. I I am still holding out hope for the the moon was as sweet as a the moon was as sticky sweet as a cup of coffee whatever whatever oh, that lyric was I don't know what it was but yeah I no I know it. exactly what you're talking about why didn't it make the album in your opinion oh good question I think well actually no it's not a good well it is a good question but it's got quite an obvious answer to me it's a Sony song Oh my god, I keep missing the point on these. Yeah. Sony and the Master, so it couldn't made the album. The other thing is I don't think it would have made the album anyway, because it is so tongue-in-cheek and jokey. It just didn't fit the vibe of her first album. I feel like no. it's a song you can maybe put on your second or third album, but you can't put a joke song on your first album. I don't know. I remember really vividly reading a review for Kelsey Ballerini's first album saying that she should have had like a funnier song on it I think that in the industry at at the time in 2006 I don't think it would have been badly received on her first album I don't think it would have been badly received but I don't know if she was too young to kind of but I also don't know if it was almost misogyny in that like if a man it's a silly teenage girl yeah type thing whereas if it was obviously a man wouldn't sing till Brad Pitt comes along Mm, I don't know (laughs) you might get a bit of backlash for seeing till Brad Pitt comes along in the country music scene in 2005 anyway but there we go um but if it was a man I feel like it would be taken more of like a like oh we're laughing with you rather than we're laughing at you yeah that's a fair point actually it may not have made the album in 2006. The question is, do we think there is any possibility of it being a vault song? No. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
Do you not think so? No. I kind of, I'm not saying I think it will or I think it should, but I could kind of picture it as the I bet you think about me. Oh, I get that. Yeah. But I feel like, like... I feel like I bet you think, I'm not saying it's not a good song. I bet you think about me is an incredible song. One of my favorite from Red as a whole. But I feel like in the context of the vault, it was almost added for comedic relief. Yeah, I see that. But I feel like she will have a lighthearted song added into the vault in terms of I Bet You Think About Me was a lighthearted song for Red. And I think that this would be a good candidate as a lighthearted song for debut. Also, let me pitch you this idea. Oh, God, not featuring Brad Pitt. Not the song. I came along. (laughs) But can you imagine if she did, like, a music video for it and had Brad Pitt in it? Oh, my God, that would be brilliant. I can see it with massive, like... I don't really have any reasoning for Shania Twain. I would just like her to be in the music video because of the Brad Pitt connection. I want a music video for this with like Tim McGraw aesthetics. And like, <laughs> it's also such a good one that you could have like a storyline for. Like you could have the scenes, like she's written all the scenes for this music video in the lyrics. It's so good. Literally, this would make such a cool music video. Really you know what? Is. I feel like not just Brad Pitt, like I feel like like all the brads. <laughs> all the brads, but also like random celebrity cameos would just be hilarious in this like I'm not I'm not talking bad blood I'm not talking the promo of bad blood because I think we can all look back at that era and say "Hmm, maybe that was a mistake however you live and learn um but like if you just randomly had like this massive celebrity like if I don't know if they um if there was a scene in like a cafe or something if they just randomly had Dolly Parton working behind the counter like I just feel like this would be a really good random celebrity cameo video I feel like she should change the lyrics so that every time instead like she'll say Brad Pitt the first time we'll take Brad Pitt to leave you but then until oh who else can you have it's got to be someone with two one syllable names if that makes sense Tom Hanks yeah. is the only one I can think of. <laughs> no. so, Tom Hanks comes along <laughs> um oh my god it's got to be there more. aren't many people with like singular syllable names no. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm trying to think of one now. David Attenborough doesn't fit. Bob Ross comes along. But no. no, I'm. I I want to see that video and like, can someone edit that for me? Because I don't think it will ever become a reality. But mm. I think it will be amazing. That would be excellent. We've already kind of covered our favorite lyrics. I think the carry like one is just second brilliant. verse, and you agreed. So yeah. my favorite part about that is she's so like. Like that, I can absolutely see happening. Oh, 100%. Like her throwing the remote at somebody. Yeah. I need it in a music point video, exactly. I'm saying. I'm saying it now. The bridge confuses me almost. You call me lucky because I lose everything. Yeah. That is weird. I've never really thought about it before, but that doesn't make sense. But also, the follow-up line, but I swear I'd be careful with it if you gave me a ring. Taylor, girl, you're 15. <laughs> You're 15 years old. That's literally illegal. Well, not illegal, but like no. This not is a what I recognized mean. Recognized engagement, Taylor. But I feel like it's very like it's based on actual things that happened, but it's also not completely autobiographical because I oh, really definitely. don't think Taylor at 15 was expecting to be 
proposed to <laughs> at all. So like, no, it was more. It's just kind a joke. of like taking it and elevating it and building. Oh, one hundred percent, which is so much essentially what songwriting actually is. Yeah. But, no, mm. the other one I was going to mention was I'm mad at all the lovebirds because they don't know to play our song. Like that's just such a cool. Like if she did put that in, that's almost like a, such a cool reference to an, another song. Wait, you think that's a reference to our song? I don't think it's. It's not. I okay. doubt it is. I was going to say I don't think so. But I feel like it's almost something. It's a bit like um in like the casually cruel and Mr. Perfectly Fine and All Too Well. Obviously, they're not referencing each other at all, but they're such cool but parallels. It's cool. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. I was thinking about Mr. Perfectly Fine the other day, and I feel like we don't give it enough credit for the lyrics. It's so good. Mr. Casually Cruel, Mr. Everything Revolves revolves Around around You. you. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to follow us on social media for exclusive content, and we will see you again next week with a new episode of the Swift Legacy podcast. 